Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. Right. So it's a big milestone for Keystone Click, Chris. <laughs> I know. It's so exciting. I am so very happy for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is a big milestone. Congratulations. 15 thank you. years. I know. Just where does, where, thank you. Where does the time go? You know, what's even more exciting is that we're going to get to meet in person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. After all these years yeah, uh, most, and attempts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And lots of attempts actually, but most people, most of our listeners probably don't know that um, you and Aaron and I haven't actually met in person yet. So, That's right. Um, Even though we're in, the, we're in uh, the same state uh-huh. uh, and, you know, it's just so easy to connect today remotely that you can build a really great relationship without ever needing to physically be in the same room. We've yep. proven that for sure. Numerous times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited to celebrate with you next week uh, on that great milestone. So congratulations to you and your team. I know that's something special. Yeah. Thank you so much. Looking forward yeah, to it. seeing you in person. Yay. All right. Should we move to our guest? Uh, We have Prashanth Sharma here today from Thought Focus, and I'm going to take a minute just to introduce him. Uh, Prashanth is the CTO at Thought Focus and leads the technology function across all business lines and customer engagements. With over 22 years of industry experience, Prashanth is spearheading the next wave of technology growth at Thought Focus, motivating teams to exceed customer expectations. He's a natural innovator with entrepreneurial flair. Prashanth is driven to architect new tools and strategies that bring together people, processes, and technology to solve complex business challenges. A trusted technology advisor, both in-house and to thought-focused clients, Prashanth leads the development of innovative business solutions, custom-built for client success. Um, Prashanth's entrepreneurial mindset has characterized his career. His technology leadership was integral to the success of two technology startups, which have gone into multi-million dollar solution providers. Before joining Thought Focus, Prashanth worked in key positions at Tech Mahindra and SysAris Software. Prashanth, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you very much, Chris. Lovely to be talking to you both on a Friday and feel excited to be on the on, on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I've got to ask, I'm going to jump in. I mean, everyone, the listeners know AI is definitely the area that I, I geek out about it. And being a technology strong background, there's a lot of challenges around AI replacing jobs. Um, what What is your truth to this? What is your positioning? And how can people make sure that they're staying relevant and, and ready for the evolution of what's happening in the future here? That's such a great question, only because AI seems to be in the centerpiece, in, the centerpiece of conversations for every single person on this planet today mm-hmm. who understands technology or who connects with technology in some form or the other, right? And uh, typically, whenever there are 
about new technologies, there is always the conversations in the beginning of the hype cycle where you think that technology is going to be a game changer. That technology is going to take away jobs if you want to look at it from a different perspective or that technology is going to change our lives so drastically that we're all going to be in flying cars in two years. Uh, so, uh, you know, AI has followed the same pattern in terms of human behavior and uh, their analysis of a new technology that is being introduced and they're getting to know this. AI as a technology has, is not new. Uh, we in Thought Focus have been working on AI technologies for the last eight years. Mm -hmm. What wow. has changed in the last uh, probably six months is that it has been democratized by the likes of ChatGPT and others. There are also a couple of other technical improvements that have gone into AI models, if you will, that has enabled this conversation that we are having, as well as other conversations that other people are having in either boardrooms or podcasts or just two friends on meeting in, uh, across the table for coffee. It's uh, it's changed the way people understand AI and look at AI as a practical solution. Because if you log into ChatGPT and ask a question, you get an answer that is meaningful enough now that people understand that, okay, this is a technology to reckon with, right? Mm -hmm. So overall, uh, just a baseline, AI is a technology, that's where the conversations are. But primarily, the improvements in the models have resulted in uh, enabling AI as a technology to solve meaningful problems for people or businesses. Uh, asking a question and getting an answer is a, probably a relatively simple one. But what happens, uh, especially if you take uh, such generative models or transformer models, generative models are where your algorithms create new information or data for you. And uh, when you take both of these algorithms or models, combine them and train them on large data sets, you get a really powerful computing and answering machine for you. Mm -hmm. And it's only uh, up to the human imagination to figure out how to apply that technology. If you're a business and if you train that powerful models on a set of data that is within your sphere of business, then it becomes that much more efficient. They're called large language models primarily because they are connecting information, words, data, and uh, whole large space of uh, the internet, if you will, or the data uh, uh, spaces. So when you connect all that language and words and meanings and everything else and get the context, what you can do with that information is beyond imagination at that point of time. And that is why this technology is a game changer. You know, uh, in our lifetime, we've seen technologies that have become game changers. Internet was one of those fundamental aspects that allowed allowed us to connect to each other in a virtual world. We're having this podcast today because of the internet. And when internet was, uh, was the hype at one point, there were skeptics. There were people who said this would change the world. It did really change the world only because a lot of people said, okay, this is how I want to connect. AI is, in, in my opinion, is going to be a similar technology where it allows people to connect to this 
sort of a powerful platform in a way that our thinking, our behavior, our aspects of processing information, learning, everything will change and that will change businesses as well. Um, to uh, answer the second part of your question, is it going to change jobs? Uh, yes, it is going to change the way we conduct our jobs. It's not going to take away jobs maybe, but it is definitely going to change the way we all conduct businesses. So it is going to change our jobs in a certain way. Yeah, oh, I agree 100%. Like you, I love that you brought up the just the evolution of the internet and and how that changed jobs. I mean, there's there's still receptionists and admins. You know, they're not typing letters, and notes on a typewriter. They're sending emails. You know, it's just an evolution of the of the role. The, the job's still going to be there. There's still human power required to you know make these things happen. We we don't have robots doing all these things for us at least as of right now. But um, yeah, it's it's the natural evolution of of technology creating efficiencies and um in p- pivoting kind of the specific role um, yeah. duties, basically. One of the aspects that is very difficult uh, to understand or uh, even fathom sometimes, Glory, uh, is when these technologies come into play and we don't know at what speed will it change our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always think it's going to change our world. We don't know if it's going to be tomorrow, 10 years down the line, five years, two, two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe AI has the capability to change our world at a very rapid space uh, to give you an example uh, just when uh, the ai the llm models were becoming centerpiece of conversations uh, some of our teams took those models to figure out if they can find a way to generate a program code if you will so let's say if you want to add two numbers you need to teach the program you need to teach the computer to add two numbers so you, it is a set of instructions that you write and then you give it to the computer now the computer understands okay this is how i need to add two numbers now the the problem was can we teach ai or can we just ask ai to do this for us but do it in different programming languages uh, can you take a guess how long it took for the team to figure out that answer with the current AI technology that's out there? I imagine it was fairly quickly. Less than a minute. Yeah. With the right less, prompt. Less than three days, we had a working tool that would allow people to uh, generate code uh, for actual purposes, right? In in the languages that they code in. So uh, it's the advancement that can happen in this technology is just uh, mind boggling. And the pace at which it can happen is going to come at us at a very fast pace, I believe. We'll see. I, I mean, it's already coming in at a fast pace. And, and yes. Chris knows that I'm definitely one that nerds out on this quite a bit. And I struggle to keep up with the changes that are happening in this so um, what I'm intrigued by, and I'm sorry to go off a little tangent here on this. Um, Chris probably knew I was going to do that. <laughs> um, you know, it. It, it's changing the pace of, of the world and business. However, because of the speed at, at, at um, the evolution of what's happening with AI, however, my fear is there's all these laggers that are not going to be, they're not early adopters. You know, we we know this bell curve of, you know, what percentage is early adopters and laggers. And 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 I, I believe that we're still very much in that early adopter stage, mm-hmm. um, which is actually going to significantly push these people behind mm-hmm. with, the, I mean, the, 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 the longer they wait to adopt it and at the rate of the speed of this evolution of what's happening with AI is, is just going to make it a greater um, distance between understanding it um, as the evolution continues, you know, to, to unfold. I don't know if that's making sense at all, but yeah. I, I'm just, it, it, I feel like that there's, as a society, we need to be educating every 
everyone on what's happening with these technological advancements to make sure that we don't have this greater um, uh, separation of, of understanding what's happening, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good point too. I, I will tell you that we've already incorporated using AI in our sales and marketing efforts. Mm-hmm. And now we're saying as a company, how do we incorporate into our business solution, right? Um, but we've been asking that question for years, but now with the advancements, how can we further incorporate it into our business solution? But it is surprising to me how many people I've met both in my family and in my personal relationships where I'll ask if they've even tried chat GPT and they still don't know what it is. So mm-hmm. I think you're bringing up a really fair point. Um, and that doesn't even go to the larger business uh, as a whole. It just means that there are people that understand this is really important and I need to pay attention. And then there are others that they just don't understand the impact or why they should pay attention, or maybe they're so far removed from thinking they would need a solution like this, that yes, they're they're going to fall behind. And when do you catch up? I'm curious your thoughts, Prashant. You both are making me geek out so much that this Friday morning is getting better and better. Uh, I, I can go on for hours about this. Uh, the socioeconomic impacts of such a technology is humongous. And typically when you don't understand something, the first human uh, behavior, the first behavior that you see is you try to ignore it. You try to say, okay, that doesn't exist. It's going to go away at some point and we're not going to be dealing with it. It's just uh, not going to happen in this case. The second behavior that you would probably see is people will start forming opinions. And based on uh, the opinions, people are either either strong advocates or uh, people are going to be skeptical about it and somewhere that conversation is going to start and there is going to be a lot of mishmash of different opinions that is going to come out. The fact of the matter is AI as a technology is not going to go away. It is going to become, it's already a very big part of our lives. Mm -hmm. But what we will learn is that it can be uh, synonymous with our lives, if you will. Uh, We don't realize that like when we use Siri or other things right now, it is already part of our lives. But what you'll see is an actual line from cause and effect in terms of AI uh, that is more obvious in the future because you understand these uh, powers of AI, if you will, a little more uh, as you continue. The other piece that I also feel is uh, the democratization of technology is when a technology catches its true meaning. Uh, what, What I mean by that is everyone has to adapt and buy into that technology and start using it. And the best accelerator for that is convenience. Mm. Uh, The more uh, it enables convenience, the easier it is for uh, for it to just engulf life, as as you will. And uh, yeah, we're all lazy. We like convenience. So, you know, this particular technology has the ability to make a lot of things convenient for us. I was reading some papers uh, or articles about students writing papers using AI chat GPT or AI technology these days and you know it's convenient so uh yes it is definitely going to be something and i don't think a lot of people will have the choice to be left behind they'll just be swooped into it yeah well and i like what somebody had said is that google was a place where you asked questions and you got a query of results that you had to then go find the answers within that query of results 
if now we can ask questions and we just get answers without having to go through and read and query and search and find our, our answers, it could be interesting um, how, uh, you know, the adoption might be that it just replaces that kind of search and find. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In in terms of what you've seen, uh, Chris, uh, the you're using AI for sales for marketing, and uh, you're using AI in other pieces. How easy has it been for you to just pull that technology into app- applying it to those areas? Has it been easy? Uh, it's so. I mean, you use the right word. It's incredibly convenient, mm-hmm. and it speeds up our entire process of you know coming up with new ideas. Um, what are people thinking about? Uh, simple things like thinking about which hashtags to use on some things or uh, trying to come up with creative titles for a blog post. I mean, mm-hmm. those kinds of things that, you know, might take you a long time to think through or, uh, you know, almost doubt yourself with respect to what should it be. Um, you, you know, you're almost trusting that the technology is bringing you back when you prompt it properly, right? To bring back uh, answers that are meaningful to your audience that um, do get searched and are questions frequently asked. So when you are when you are prompting properly, it's incredible the results that you can get, and you can get multiple results to keep, you know, to 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 really refine that. So I think that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll move on to the next question because it might come up again as, as I, as I go into the next one here, but uh, so what technologies do you see having long lasting impressions and changes for businesses going forward? Hmm. Uh, That's an interesting question because anyone, and I feel when I predict technology, it gets obsolete immediately. Uh, it, it's just the nature of technology. The evolution is so fast that whatever you think is going to be the next big thing is already the thing of yesterday as such. But fundamentally, there are a couple of things that could be the flag posts, if you will, in terms of where what technologies are going to be the things of the future. If you look at the evolution of technology and right from the day when you had the mainframe computers to today with AI, all the conversations. They deal with a couple of important things. The first and foremost, data and converting that data to information that's actionable. Mm. And the way we process and analyze data, whether it's for business, for humans, for people, uh, whatever it is, it's changing. So from that standpoint, even if you take AI, it is building context and intelligence on data. Uh, Some time ago, the the whole big data conversation or data analytics conversation was also around that. So any technology that deals with making it easy to access information is going to be the key piece, whether it is visualization of the information or gathering information from different sources or putting information into a, a box, which is just a box, a magic box that you ask a question and you get an answer from sort of a thing, all of that. So the evolution of the next phase of technologies is going to be connecting the dots of this information. And as our world becomes more connected, as our world becomes more and more active in sharing information, today information is very prevalent and available. The technologies that are better in doing that job in connecting the data and providing the information are always going to be in the forefront. 
So that's why you talk about IoT or connected factories or self-driving cars and all those things these days, because information about roads with the GPS system, about all the things that are on the road with the camera, and that is all collated for you to have that self-driving car technology. So I think that's one of the flag posts. So and, and today, that particular piece is around the AI, the data analytics and visualization and all those aspects, right? The other technology that is, uh, again, a game changer is communication. Our communication has also kind of evolved. We're still communicating. I wouldn't say the same way because I don't understand half the words that are used on the internet these days. And to say I'm old, but it's just very different. And uh, the slangs are very different and all of those pieces. But uh, the way to communicate has evolved as well with the convenience of communication. And most people like to text rather than pick up the phone and call people these days because it's convenient to text. Um, and similarly, uh, that piece, when you're communicating, it's whether it's with people or with the system or with the world around you, that is also a place where it is going to change. The reason why Apple thought it was a good idea to release the VR technology right now is because they think that is going to be a good platform for the world's information to be collected and presented and for you to communicate through that device at this point in time. I'm a little, uh, uh, I would say, skeptical about how efficient that will be right now, mm -hmm. but I know that is the future in terms of how we interact. Even today, when you look at training, let's say, for example, for a machine operator or a maintenance worker, that technology is in use today because it overlays information to the real world so well that you can communicate uh, in that device in terms of what is happening around you and with uh, with uh, somebody in, in, in your ear talking you through what needs to be done, all those pieces, right? So information and communication are always going to be the centerpiece of what technology does to the business, to the world, if you will. And that those technologies are going to continue to evolve. And if you want to do anything in this space, those are the two areas I would say we focus on and bring that together. Yeah, I like that. I, I think you know, for our manufacturing audience, for sure, thinking about, you know, communication and how you communicate with your customers, how you communicate with owners and operators who are sitting on a piece of equipment that you built, the data that comes from that. I mean, there have been conversations around this for a very long time, but I think the ability to bring those things together has just uh, been advanced many, many, many years. So yeah. that's great. Wow, I have so many, so many thoughts running through my head <laughs> and all of that. I don't even know where to start. I, I, I'm going to start, Chris, when you said, you know, how to communicate, which is extremely important, but my marketing brain is focused on what to communicate. Mm. And, you know, what you were saying, um, Prashant, is, is um, just that communication is changing and there's words that you don't even know exist, but that I think is part of the biggest challenge on the what part, because you have to make sure that your message is connecting and resonating with that audience. And now that the evolution of how to communicate is changing, 
different platforms of communication, people have different expectations for that, that what message yeah. and the, the, you know, is it a concise couple of bullets? Is it a long paragraph? You know, there's, so I think that combining the technology and the communication is fascinating on so many different levels because there's different rules to the game of the what to communicate based on the how, which is yeah. the, the technology. Yeah. Well, I think the three of us should come together and like come up with a solution <laughs> for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fun exercise. We need to take a few problems and then work it through here. Yeah, we'll need some some bourbon or something to. Oh, absolutely. The sparks <laughs> flying. The idea sparks flying on that one. Prashant can help with that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm a big bourbon and Scotch fan, so absolutely, and also Wisconsin uh, old fashioned. So yes. Do you know Milwaukee has a bourbon networking club? Oh, it does. It well, does. I wouldn't be surprised. It's Milwaukee, so yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm taking uh, a note I'll, of that. I'll have to extend, <laughs> extend, extend the invite to that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Fun. All right. Um, so, you know, maybe just to kind of round out the questions for you, Prashant, what sort of workforce challenges do you see for the future? I think a, a couple of things is what uh, Lori was talking about earlier, right? Uh, with the changing world, some people are going to be left behind. And some of those people are going to be in the workforce. And uh, the moment you're left behind, you need to upskill yourselves to be relevant in the workforce for that particular you know, era in technology of the world. And a lot of times that is a challenge. Um, uh, skill labor has always been a challenge, but I think we're entering into a phase where it's going to be more drastic than before. Uh, I'll take go back to AI as an example. Uh, everybody is talking about AI and everybody has an opinion about AI, but when you scratch the surface, and try and understand what kind of skilled workforce can come into our world, let's say in a technology world, to develop AI solutions. I would say that workforce is still limited. Uh, there, you know, just because it's easy to have a conversation about. AI at a level where you don't have to build solutions, but the moment you need to start building solutions, you need a deeper understanding of the technologies, of the models and the computing uh, aspects of it, a whole lot of different things and how to bring data, how to train the model. Uh, uh, all those pieces are going to be a, a, a very important piece. For example, one of the uh, jobs I think is going to evolve in this space in the future is what is called as prompt engineering. Mm -hmm. And understanding how to create those prompts requires an understanding of so many different things mm -hmm. that if you are not uh, conversant with how AI technology solutions are built, you'll never be able to apply for the job. So yes, there are going to be many things. And that is one of the challenges that I see in terms of workforce not catching up to how the world is changing in a rapid fashion. Mm -hmm. The other piece, is uh, typically at the onset of adopting technologies, there are always going to be uh, uh, there's always going to be noise around that technology, um, which is part of the hype cycle, if you will. Uh, and, and some people want to adopt that technology just because it's the end thing. Some people don't understand it, but don't want to be left behind. So, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of noise. And that is very difficult for leaders to figure out what is noise and what is actual aspects that they can act on. And that is going to be challenging. So there is a little bit of confusion 
confusion that will go through before the dust settles and we all understand how this technology can be really applied for solutions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, one of the, I guess, fears or even I, I'm starting to see some of this too with, with the workforce and more like the younger generation. I've, I've got um, fairly younger staff on my team right now. Um, is the they're so focused on the new shiny objects that there's not a lot of emphasis on like the core principles of a business and and communication and and so um, my fear is again it's this wide spectrum where we have to make sure that we understand the core principles of being human and and conducting business mm -hmm. um, while also leveraging the tools and not forgetting about all this history and things that we've learned over time. So um, I don't know if you want to speak to that. At all. It's very interesting, you know, because it's one of the things, right? Because we're trying to make AI more human. And <laughs> yeah. at the same time, we're saying it's it's a conundrum in all sense in terms of how do we do that. Uh, I think the human principles are key and, or the human aspects is key for success in all sense uh, uh, in terms of connecting with another individual uh, boosting the morale of the workforce, uh, connecting with people in the world to talk about issues and figure out solutions and all those. It's always the centerpiece of evolution of anything because you know, technology is just an aspect of how society interacts with itself, whether it's business or people or anything else. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what happens uh, with uh, some of these technologies is it starts dehumanizing the aspects that are really important for society. And at the same time, it starts to try and make the technology a little more human-like. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, it's like uh, today, if you actually go to a help desk and there's always a chat bot that pops up and you're trying to chat and then you still can intuitively figure out what is a chatbot and what is an actual human. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. It's getting better. I must say there are sometimes that line is really, you know, it's not as clear, but you can still make out that, that, that piece. Mm -hmm. That I think, and, and if you really observe yourself, you have a different feeling when you're talking to a human versus when you're talking oh. to that bot. Yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. an interesting thought, actually. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I need to pay attention to that when next time. Yeah, and that is important because it also tells you that that fundamental of the human connection is still something mm -hmm. that we hold very dear mm -hmm. in terms of even when we're interacting with technology, and if you lose that we have lost uh, all aspects of uh, the societal nature of us as civilizations, if you will, and we'll probably be looking for a Neo in Matrix sometime in the future. <laughs> I love how this conversation. I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> did not go any direction I thought it would, but I love the evolution of the conversation itself. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's such a just great way to think about, you know, wrapping this portion of the conversation up because, you know, what we love about being human is what brings the three of us here today and what, you know, want, wants us to build something for an audience and connect with our audience as well. So, 
uh, just love, you know, kind of finalizing on that point and, and recognizing that it is a conundrum as we go forward. And it, it's something to be solved yet, uh, but but something we want to make sure that we're paying attention to. Well, Prashant, thank you so much for, for answering those questions. And, you know, you shared already something interesting about yourself with your love for bourbon and your interest in scotch. But I'm just curious, is there anything you'd like to share with the audience that would be something interesting about you that not many people know? Well, well, uh, uh, it, it's very funny because I blank out as soon as someone says something interesting about you. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those conundrums that we were just talking about uh, because there are many different things that I love and do. And I like to uh, make that an active part of my lifestyle, if you will. Uh, I'm also very outdoorsy. Uh, I've gone hiking. I've hiked the Machu Picchu. I've hiked the Himalayas. I've uh, ridden on the highest motor road on the world. I love to uh, be outdoors running. Uh, sometimes I like to brew beer. And there are days where I just want to binge watch on Netflix. My <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's like a spectrum of things that I go through. It depends on many factors and the weather and all those things. But one thing that I can say is what I love is creating meaning and experiences in my life. And I think, uh, you know, if you're on this planet and if you're not creating memories with experiences that are special for you, which most often is with people you love or your, which is your friends, family or whatever, or experiences that help you grow as an individual. If you're not doing that, then you're not making the best of your time on this planet. Yeah. Great message. I know those are the best experiences for me, for sure. Yeah. I can, I can see Chris why you think Prashant and I should uh, hang out sometime <laughs> yeah well, yeah well, what I didn't say at the beginning when I was introducing Prashant is that he's a very very good friend of mine and uh, we've known each other for a long time and it's such a pleasure to have him here um, and I think everybody can understand why he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, many things uh, including uh, technology and all of his adventures um, so we'll move on to the next segment, and that is finishing the sentence, I just learned that. So, Lori, what have you just learned? Well, I'm not going to go down the AI route because we had a fairly <laughs> hearty conversation about AI today. So I'm going to go the fun route. Um, I just learned that Bud Light no longer holds the, the number one spot for market share. Um, they were mm. just replaced by Modelo. Apparently oh, really? in the U.S., we've got a, a stronger hankering for the Mexican um, imported lager. So yeah, um, just uh, last month, um, Modelo, has 8.4% market share in the US and Bud Light is at 7.3%. And, and they've held that spot for, I think it was about three decades now that they were wow. in the top spot. Wow. So that, that's, that's big. Wow. I wonder if the rise of, you know, all the different beer options has also made a change in all of that. I mean, it would be interesting to know a stat on how many people are not even choosing, you know, some of the the more well-known ones and they're diving into all these other options yeah. that the are micro brews. I mean, yeah, I mean, micro brews have definitely taken over a big chunk of market share um, away from kind of the, you know, the, the Millers, the cores, the Bud Lights, yeah. Bushes. And they're tastier too. So. Oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely. But I also know that like the spirits and, and wine took a big chunk of market share too. And the, the seltzers kind of ate into that market a bit as well. So oh, yeah. um, that, that space is changing quickly too, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, what about you? What did you just learn? Well, I was doing a little bit of research and happened on a stat regarding baby boomers because I was looking at some generational information. And uh, what surprised me is that baby boomers own approximately 4 million companies in the United States. So companies that have employees, baby boomers own about two thirds of them. And so that was very interesting. Um, And it's estimated that 83% of them will change hands over the next five to 10 years. Uh, And, you know, as we think about the people who are in leadership roles in large companies, and then the owners of, you know, even more companies, it's just so interesting to me to think about how things will change when the ownership changes. Uh, especially, you know, we were to talk, I knew we would be talking a lot about technology today. And I think some of the reason why technology hasn't been as adopted as it, as fast as it could be is because of, you know, there was just a different way of doing business for the baby boomer generation. And I know we've talked about this over time here and there, um, but I just thought that that statistic was really meaningful. Two thirds of businesses with with employees. So, what will the future hold? You know, as we continue to move fast, is, a lot is really of mergers and acquisitions. I imagine. Yes, it will. <laughs> that market's something to look at then. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. So, Prashant, what have you learned? Well, actually, two things come to mind. Uh, both opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, I learned that, uh, you know, we all have, uh, probably some of us have seen comets and some we know about comets. I learned that the concept of time and the measure of time is different in the outer sphere of a comet when it enters the atmosphere. And uh, it was mind boggling for me because it was like, okay, we, I always thought time was a constant. And if it is not, then it just blows my mind and goes in all various directions. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm boggled right now yeah. trying to understand that concept. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> if that time boggled. is not constant, what does that mean? Back I, to the I, future. Well, I, I, it needs a lot of bourbon and beer. I was going to gonna say, I don't, think, I don't think this is the right spot to have this conversation. <laughs> The other thing that I learned, uh, you know, we all buy peppers in store, red, uh, yellow, green. It's all the same pepper. It's just more ripe. Really? Yeah. So a green pepper turns yellow and then turns red. Oh, hmm. I see. Oh, the, yeah. Your your sweet pepper. Yep. Yeah. Well, they, but, but they have different flavor profiles, I feel like. Yeah, that's because right. they're this, ripe. Okay, sure. Yeah. Ripe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right. That might, I guess that makes sense, too, when you think about it. Well, cool. Well, now we've got all kinds of different things to think about I here. Sure so. do. My mind is boggled on a <laughs> number of different spots right now. <laughs> Conundrums and everything else. Comments with mm-hmm. no pets and time. All right. 
So Prashant, if people want to reach out to you, uh, what's the best place to contact you and connect? Uh, they can always uh, write to me. Uh, uh, my email is prashant at thoughtfocus.com. Uh, also, they can connect me if you go to our website, www.thoughtfocus.com. Uh, you'll see a link over there and you'll always be able to reach out to me. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Thank you. We should do this again. Absolutely. No, this is the this was fantastic. All right. These are three broads, two of them today, but that's okay. Wrapping up, we reach out. We definitely want to hear from you. All right. Have a good one. See you. See ya. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com. 